0: Welcome to the Wild Chats Leadership Podcast. I'm Danielle
1: and I'm Costa and we're your co-hosts.
0: Welcome back, Wildcats. We are super excited for this week's podcast. Um, we are joined with Adrienne Andrews, and we're super excited to have her on here. Adrienne, will you tell us about yourself, how you got involved at Weber State, and what's your background in?
2: Absolutely. Um, my Weber State story starts before I was actually even born. Mm-hmm. My dad was a student here. It was January 1974. He's in you know a class when someone from the registry office comes and says, are you Jim Gillespie? Your wife is in labor across the street. Oh, my gosh. Can <laughs> clearly, you imagine? <laughs> clearly, FERPA was not in play at this point in time. And you could call the office and they would do this, right? And so my dad runs across the street, literally, because that's where the mckay was at the time, was directly across the street. Meets my mom there. And she's like, yeah, they sent me home, Braxton Hicks.
0: No way. <laughs> yes.
2: And my dad is like, I was in class, but okay. And then that night, my mom goes into labor, at like 2.30 in the morning and she's watching some stupid Elvis movie on TV. (laughs) And my, my dad is like trying to get her to go to sleep. And then he's like, you're in labor. And she's like, no, I'm not (laughs) like, as she's gritting her teeth and trying to stay still. He's like, yeah, we, we need to get you to the hospital. And, you know, a Utah snowstorm. Uh, But (laughs) at the end of the day, that was my first connection to Weber State University, but certainly not the last. My father attended school here. My oldest sister took classes here. My middle sister, Jamie Pearsanti, was part of the first group of early college students here at Weber State. My aunt, Kendall was a student here. And this has just always been a place that I've been connected to. So as most people do, I tried to go as far away as I possibly could. (laughs) And then when I finally came back home to stay, um, there was a job that was open here in the Women's Center. And at that point, I had two master's degrees, one of which was in women and gender studies. And I decided, oh, I'll apply for this position at Weber State. That could be kind of fun. And and then I'll decide what I'm going to do for the next few years. Well, da-da-da, 17 and a half years later, <laughs> here I am. So I started in services for women students and student affairs, moved into special student populations at Davis Campus, came back to Ogden, and moved into the Center for Diversity and Unity after the major union renovation, which now is a long time ago. <laughs> and Was able to help cultivate different programs and opportunities, became the special assistant to the president for diversity and then became the chief diversity officer, which was powerful because I was in a split role being both over the Center for Diversity and Unity and the special assistant to the president and then moved full-time to be chief diversity officer. And since that time, I've maintained the chief diversity officer title ever since then, but I then became the assistant vice president for diversity and most recently at the end of January became the vice president for equity, diversity, and inclusion. That's incredible. That's, That's awesome. a
1: lot. Yeah, just, is there Was there a position that you liked the most?
2: So this is the thing. Every single one of my positions, I've been absolutely in love with. And then when there's oh, this other so opportunity, cool. it's like, but uh, 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 what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and because I have had incredible mentors here at the institution and in my personal family and in my community, um, I've always been able to look at the opportunities and say, well, I can try that right? We can, we can make a go of this. That's awesome. And so it's been a really good experience. And it's also why I've never left. I've had lots of opportunities, lots of recruiters call me, but no one can give me a better deal than I've got at Weber, which is working with the most awesome faculty, staff, and administrators coupled with, um, hello, the students (laughs) who make the job (laughs) worthwhile. And, So seriously, 17 and a half years later, I did not anticipate that I would be a vice president. I did not anticipate that I would still be at Weber State. But anytime someone asks me to consider going to work somewhere else, I can't say yes to them because I've said yes to Weber. And that's I'm awesome. just committed. Yeah, that's cool.
0: That's so neat. It sounds like you have just a ton of background, not only in diversity, but you've worked with a lot of different types of leaders. And so that's why we're super excited because this is um, like Diversity Awareness Month, and so we we wanted to focus on that with this podcast, um, especially these couple episodes that we've been doing. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, and and as as a vice president, I'm sure you see a lot of different kinds of leaders and interact with it a lot from from higher you know leaders in higher positions, lower positions, middle positions. Is Is there a certain trait that leaders have that you like or leaders should have or good leaders should have certain kind of traits?
2: Well, one of the, the skill sets I would say I notice in other folks whose leadership I admire is their capacity to deeply listen and then to connect the dots. And sometimes that's what's missing. And I'm going to be the first one who can tell you, I've also been the leader who's been like, "Uh uh-huh, finish talking because I got a plan, (laughs) right? Uh, But what I've learned is that is not the most effective type of leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, A leader will sit back and try and engage as many perspectives, as many ideas, consider possibilities that people would say, why would you even put that on the table? Everything gets to go on the table. Nothing is off limits. And that's the kind of leader who is able to make transformative change with other people and in their communities or on their campus. And so that deep listening is something that I really look for. Another skill or trait I look for in a leader is the recognition that as a leader, you don't know everything.
0: Mm -hmm. You're willing
2: to risk everything. I love that. And that's, you know, the people that are with you, they have skills and knowledge that you don't have. And leveraging the talent and leadership and skill and willingness of your group or your team, that's what's going to make a difference. A leader knows how to harness that and how to effectively utilize that with the folks that are on the team.
1: Yeah, that's great. Like taking, you know, you have different tools, different resources and using them to your Your advantage as a leader.
2: That's awesome. I love that. Or to the advantage of your group or organization. Yeah. Because for me, that's another thing. Better said. Um, Not better, just different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, in terms of leadership, what's important is... I don't have to get all the recognition a little bit. I don't mind. That's okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, But as a leader, you have to be willing to accept all of the negative, all of the problematic pieces, even when you didn't create it. And you have to be willing to come up with a way to work through it and move through it Mm -hmm. because you, isn't the story that I read my little boy, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You have to go through it. Yep. Right? Accountability. <laughs> yeah. Having
1: strong accountability.
2: Absolutely. I
0: love that. That's awesome. From what I gathered from what you're saying, it just good leaders are inclusive. And I think that that's really important. And I wanted to to kind of tap into your expertise about diversity and talk about the role that diversity plays in leadership and why why is that important for you?
2: Well, I think it should be important for everyone. And one of the reasons is we know the business case for diversity tells us that when you have more different people around the table you have more diverse ideas, better problem solving, better idea generation. So wouldn't, if we know that those are the benefits, wouldn't you want to be engaging that all the time?
1: Absolutely. Sure. Um,
2: and so when we engage with multiple people and have opportunities to explore, learn with and from each other, it makes it better for all of us, not just some of us. hmm. And for me, I learned that so clearly last Thursday at the diversity conference opening. It was our 24th diversity conference. And we had a student panel of seven individuals who were sharing worldviews or belief systems and ideologies that they adhered to. And this amazing group of students was able to articulate how they work with people who see and experience and understand the world differently than they do without demonizing someone, without telling people that their beliefs or values are wrong, but instead focusing on the areas that they have in common or the issues and concerns that they both want to address. And that's what we get is solutions to the problems that plague us all when we're willing to work together.
0: I love that. I got to um, just attend that that student panel on Zoom, and it was incredible, like being able to see ideas that I feel like they are so simple in the concept, but so mind blowing to actually like go forward and perform. And I think that that is exactly why we need to have more diversity in leadership. It's because we need to learn how to work together in different settings. And so I love that. That's awesome.
2: Well, absolutely. And in a growing economy and a global economy, we need to be able to work with, interact with, engage people who are very different from us in mm-hmm. addition to people who may be a little bit like us. We both have things to learn and things to share But it's a very big world, and we still have a lot of the same problems, so no reason not to try and resolve them together.
1: Yeah, so it's like diversity and leadership are not two separate things, but almost one entity.
2: Absolutely. And that's the thing that I also love about diversity. Whether Mm -hmm. or not we realize it, everyone is doing diversity and inclusivity work. It's just whether or not we are intentional with the way that we do it. And that intention might take a little bit of effort, a little bit of extra practice, Mm -hmm. but it's not extra it's you're doing it. This is just you leveling it up to really do it in a great way.
1: That's great. That's awesome. Well, shifting into the next question, um, and talking about leadership, has there been a leader or somebody that you saw as a leader that, that was a role model to you growing up?
2: Absolutely. Uh, one of those people was my grandfather James H Gillespie Sr. He moved here from Mississippi in the 1940s and was stationed at the Ogden Defense Depot. And he decided to stay in Utah after his military service and marry and have a family. Now his family of, like, I want to say, at that time probably 14 living siblings. They were all like, wow. um, <laughs> "Yours? Why are you staying in Utah? Like, there, there is no one there who is like you." And my grandfather said, if not me, who, if not now, when? And he said, I have to be the change I want to see. He was reflecting on Gandhi. And so growing up, my grandfather's leadership was very impressive to me, but it was also normalized because he was my grandpa. And I just figured those are the things that you did. Mm-hmm. My family was always involved in social justice and civil rights activities. We all voted. We Even if we weren't old enough to vote, we sat around the table and talked about the issues in the candidate. And in my house, people weren't worried about, well, why aren't you voting for this candidate? People wanted to know why you were voting for the candidate you were voting for. How did you defend that vote? And then we'd all go together, even when I couldn't vote yet, and go to the polls and see that this is something that we do. Right. This is a part of who we are in the United States. And so my whole childhood was based on that kind of a framework. That's so awesome. So imagine my surprise when I get here to Weber State University and one of my mentors is Dr. Forrest Crawford. And what I didn't immediately remember was Forrest Crawford had been mentored by my grandfather Oh, wow. And my grandfather passed away a few years into my work here at Weber State. And Dr. Crawford was actually with me um, because we were going to go visit him uh, when he passed away. And it was so powerful to see the man who was related to me by blood, my grandfather, a man who mentored me at the university. And to realize I had this wonderful connection with both of them and that they had both influenced each other which meant they both then influenced me together and individually. That's so neat. right? Isn't that incredible? (laughs) And so the work that I do here was largely made in part because of Forrest Crawford's efforts of including me in diversity work at the university. He was the very first uh, faculty member who was a special assistant to the president for diversity. He helped create a lot of the language that we use around the institution today. And as I mentioned, we just had our 20th, 24th diversity conference, he helped kick that off. So these are, these are individuals who see what needs to be happening. And those are the folks that I follow or try to emulate because I want to do good things too.
1: That's great. And, and it sounds like they're both trailblazers in their own right. And that takes a lot of uncomfort.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, For and, sure.
1: uh, <laughs> I think that's, a, that's, a. I mean, we've, we've talked about it throughout the podcast, but uncomfort and leadership definitely go hand in hand. So that's that's great.
2: Well, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, there are so many more things that become
0: possible. It's so true. I think the the thing that stood out to me the most is imagining if everybody had a childhood like you did, like growing up with people who are involved, who want to participate in their community, who are examples of good leaders like that is so powerful. And imagining if we all had that be the norm and if we were all involved in uniting everybody and including everybody in that, because I think that that's really, that's awesome. That's
2: incredible. Yeah, that's- but that's where our challenge and our opportunity is, and that we don't all grow up in the same ways with the same values or skills or resources. And because of that, we have to be agile in our thinking and how we're going to work with each other and how we're going to solve these problems. That, you know, the the big problem may be how do I pay to go to college? Right. But when we start zeroing in on that, the way it impacts different people is, man, am I going to have to take out student loans? Okay. I'm going to take out student loans. Mm -hmm. Or is it, how am I going to pay for school if I need to help support my family? Whether that's I'm married and I have um, children or other responsibilities, or I'm an adult learner coming back to the university, or I'm a young student who could be a traditional age student coming to the university, but my family may have needs that I could help support if I got a job instead of using my resources to go to college. So thinking critically, asking deeper questions, and then figuring out how do we make this work for everyone? is just the magic of what diversity, equity and inclusion work allows us to do. I love that. That's That's awesome.
0: Um, That kind of, so I guess it's true, not everybody can grow up with that same kind of background, but how can we as students change that today? So I guess more of our question is, what can students do to develop better leadership skills, to be more involved in their community, to think more about diversity on a day-to-day basis?
2: One of the first things you can do is be willing to know that you will always learn with and from other people. And I may have expertise as the VP of EDI at Weber State University, but I don't kid myself. I'm constantly learning. You have to be willing to constantly learn. You have to be willing to own when someone says, hmm, I think you missed this and here's why. Or I don't know that you realized that that was offensive to me. Because we can all say things that are offensive or hurtful to people, even when we're the EDI expert, but whether or not we're willing to say, what did I say or do that offended you or that hurt you? And then we're able to process that with someone and figure out, "Mm, did my intent match my impact? Maybe not. Or maybe the word I was using, I define this way and you define it another way. And when we clarify that, maybe it's a different sort of outcome. So really just the willingness to consider that we don't know everything. And that's so liberating Mm -hmm. because then we get to explore and we get to be curious. and we get to experiment.
0: Yeah. We don't have to know everything. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think that's so true. Kind of the transparency and then the humility. I think that those are, I personally think that those are two characteristics that make a great leader because those are the ones who are the most willing to change. So that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to add, and and vulnerability is what came to mind when you're talking because yeah. those are all times of vulnerability when you have to step back and say, "Yeah, I really don't know what I just said or I just did."
2: Did those words come out of my mouth? <clears throat> I think that everyone at some point has thought that in their head, like, how can I push the words that are coming out back in? And they just keep coming. (laughs) I I think we've all had those moments or at least seen Mm -hmm. them happen with someone else. If we are willing to just pause for a minute and say, you know what, we stop for a minute. The way that came out didn't match the way I was thinking it in my head. Mm -hmm. Or it's not the way that got expressed when I heard it out loud doesn't match what I was trying to express. And just being willing to own that and ask for a little bit of space or grace or kindness that changes the environment and it changes, it changes how we work with each other and what we're willing to do to support each other. It sounds like we've got a pretty good recipe for some good leaders out there.
1: Definitely.
0: And hopefully everybody listening to this <laughs> is taking good notes because I know I am.
2: <laughs>
1: well, thank you, Adrian. Those, those are all the questions we had. Is there any other final final notes you want to say before we sign off?
2: Absolutely. Involvement with student involvement and in leadership is an incredible opportunity. And what I would challenge all of your listeners to do is to continue in their efforts, but to look around and see who that that one or two people sort of off on the side and just begin to engage them in a conversation and let them know there is room for them at the table, too. That's awesome.
1: Well, thank you again.
2: Yes, uh, thank you. Wildcats, was awesome. you had a great time. Uh, stay
1: wild and we will see you next Wednesday. Please join us for our next episode featuring David Richards that will be airing on November 9th.